Warning! This podcast must be consumed with spicy pork lard in a cool glass of nom mien as it contains hot mature and sexual themes. The opinions of the discussants are their own and do not represent their respective institutions. I'm Kirsten Santos, and this is FujoJoCast, a podcast on anime, manga, and of course, the wonderful world of boys' love. Um, I'm back in this podcast, and I feel like I've woken up from a very deep slumber. And it's not because I've been in limbo over the last few years. In fact, it's far from that. I've been taking care of my career, taking care of my research, And life has been so insane on my end that there has been really no time to sit down and process quite a lot of exciting things that has been happening in terms of BL and boys love culture. As some of you know, I've given talks here and there, hosted um, wonderful panels with some of my colleagues in conferences and in um, conventions, but I've never had the time to take out this microphone and do the show again. Strangely, of course, we are now living in this very interesting time and it has given us an opportunity no, to talk um, with one of my great friends and colleagues, Thomas Wadenet, who has something very interesting to talk about. As you know, Thomas is a lecturer in international studies at Macquarie University. He's written, written extensively on vibrant gay and queer media landscapes from gay komi in Japan, K-pop shipping, and now Thai BL. Over the years I've known Tom, he's been pushing me to get into 5BL. As a Fujoshi, I've always been curious about it, especially when Tom and I compare and contrast it with Japanese BL culture, which I am more familiar with. I've caved and watched a couple of episodes over the years. It's really cute, it's really adorable. But this year, I could not resist to watch this Thai BL show called Together, which insanely trended in Manila and has been in the middle of LGBTQ discourse in the Philippines. Quite interesting, right? So, in an effort to understand this phenomenon more, Tom offered to give me a lowdown on Thai BL, especially the show together and its impact all over the globe. So here's hoping we learn something about Thai BL, its origins, its distinct characteristics, and its interesting dialogue with authenticity, especially in relation to Japanese BL media, and of course, with local LGBTQ experiences. Without further ado, here is our conversation. Hi, Kirsten. How are you? Yes. Good, good. Um, thank you so much for joining me again for another podcast. And and I think this podcast is really born out of timeliness, given mm. that there's been some interesting trends online that we've been... I mean, uh, Tom and I both work and 
follow you know these kinds of social media trends whether in youtube and twitter and one of the interesting trends that came out during this interesting period is the, the hashtag together and and together is a thigh bl series and tom is one of the leading scholars on thigh bl right now one of the one who's actively <laughs> writing on thigh, thigh bl <laughs> quite an introduction i just happened to be the first person to have written about it in english yes <laughs> oh so meaning there are already publications in Thailand. There, there are publications in Thailand in the context of history, but no one, maybe I'm being too modest even then, because no one's really written um, quite substantively, even in the Thai language about these particular series, what are known in Thai as series Y, but what is increasingly being known globally particularly in the Philippines, as Thai Boys Love or Thai BL. And whilst it's been around now since at least 2014, um, you're quite right that our current period of extended quarantine has allowed one particular series, um, together the series, in Thai it's known as Prowa Rao Kugan, um, because we are together, to become especially prominent on social media, particularly in uh, the Philippines, as Filipinos are increasingly engaging and, and becoming aware of this new form of queer popular culture. I mean, this is how interestingly insane um, the popularity of Together is. I know that it trended for like millions, like to the level of like K-pop, Twitter retweets conversation like yeah, so maybe currently. two two or three weeks ago. Actually, so the the most recent episode aired last evening, episode ten, and once again it hit um, number one trends on Twitter in Thailand and the Philippines. Um, of course, Twitter has now removed its global friend uh, global trending capability. Mm -hmm to track but we we can still see that it's quite prominent um the series has received 100 million online views within uh thailand via the line tv app and globally has received 80 million views to date on youtube so we're talking about something that's that's hitting massive amounts of of interest and massive amounts of engagement um thai, yeah, it is and it's like if you just type the number I remember when you asked me to watch it and now I have like the connection to watch it. Mm -hmm. I just typed the number two on YouTube and it's the first thing that they will recommend. Mm. And it's, it's quite an interesting um, uh, uh, computer or what's, what's the term for it? Well, anyway, it's, it's just interesting. Right? Algorithm. Yeah. There you go. Um, um, not to mention, of course, the fact that the mainstream media in the Philippines, such as GMA and um, ABS-CBN have both, now done um, some features feature articles about wow. not just the series and the phenomenon of Thai BL itself, but also introducing the stars uh, Bright Bachirawit and uh, Win uh, Metawin to okay. the public. Okay. So before we enter and talk about the series, and you know, mm. I mean this, let's talk about. Thai BL, at least for those who are unfamiliar with the idea. So you gave a spiel earlier what 
thigh BLS or thigh boys love and you mentioned that it's connected to series Y. Can you just expound on that a bit? Okay, so as, as I kind of mentioned before, series Y is what these shows are known in Thai, in the Thai language. And then outside of Thailand, it is more common for these series to be known as uh, Thai BL. Um, and, and this term Y in Thailand's uh, space, it's actually a borrowing from the term Yaoi, which uh, has a checkered history, but is usually understood to, to refer to a genre of homoerotic um, comics from Japan. But series Y also does this clever little um, Thai language game where the, the Y in series Y can also be uh, a shortened form of Yrun, which is Thai for youth. So it also means series that appeal to young people. Um, so we've got this, this double meaning. But as I said, outside of Thailand, the term that is used is Thai BL, Thai boys love. How did that come to be? Although I know the story, but how did that come to be for purposes of the listeners? Yeah, I think it's important just to briefly lay out the history of series Y or Thai BL first before we begin mm. kind of tackle this terminology uh, okay. issue. So one thing that's important to note is that Thai Boys Love series, which are television dramas, which in Thailand are known as Lakon, which is a word that refers to a soap opera. Um, these Thai series are the kind of end game of what has been a long two decades process in Thailand. So in Thailand, what we saw in the kind of late 80s and early 1990s was an influx into Thailand's new consumer middle-class economy of Japanese popular culture goods. So Japanese dramas, Japanese uh, pop music, so J-pop, and mm. most importantly, anime and manga. And as part of this broader spread of anime and manga, particularly into the capital of Bangkok, and especially into the area known as Siam Square, which is in the very centre of the consumer district of Bangkok to the north of Chulalongkorn University, what we saw mm -hmm. was the emergence of fan-translated Japanese manga sold unofficially and a number of the manga that were being sold unofficially at this time were Japanese boys love or yaoi manga. So yes. manga depicting the, the romantic entanglements between beautiful male youths known in Japanese as bishonen. Um, and they became incredibly popular with middle-class Thai young women as well as middle-class um, members of the sexual minority community of Thailand, the LGBT community, because they were being sold in this consumer district, Siam Square, that was close to all of the major kind of uh, international colleges and, and private schools where the wealthy would send their children. So this is where the, the phenomena initially comes from, this translation into Thai of Japanese yaoi manga. That's the, the first step. I remember this quite 
interestingly because when the first time I went to Thailand, um, there's near near CM Square, or one of the malls there. I mean, it's one entire complex of malls. It's Kinokunya. And, um, and I remember this was back then, maybe two floors down of Kinokunya was another bookstore. And their section on manga had these um, fan-translated BL. What's interesting is that when you go to Kinokunya, you cannot find Japanese BL. And that was what the reason why I went there. And then I ended up going to this other bookstore. And lo and behold, they're just like right out in the open. These um, fan-translated BL titles, they're in newsprint. The quality is definitely not for, you know... I think it's um, important to, to just shift what you're saying into the past tense. Um, yes. because This, this was maybe around seven years ago. Yeah, so, so, so people who are traveling to, to Thailand now wouldn't necessarily be finding the similar situation. But no, um, it's, it's, it's professionalized very quickly. Yes, it was. And yeah. it's very, and it's quite different now. Like the last time we were there for maybe two years ago. Was it two mm. years ago? No, um, 2019. <laughs> last year. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, the last time we were there, it's now a different thing where you now, rather than seeing, um, although these Japanese fan translated BL titles are still accessible, what I see more in Thai bookstores are these series Y novels. Yes, so, so what we, we now see is what are euphemistically referred to in Thai language as youth literature, Niyawanai Wairun, which are basically boys love novels. Um, and so what happened between the 90s and today was around the 2000s, um, Thai consumers and Thai fans began creating their own content. Um, they would either be drawing their own manga or writing their own novels, and many of them were being published online on um, kind of popular youth websites like Pantip and DeckD. And this led to the emergence of a new fan categorization in Thailand known as the Sawai, which is mm -hmm. a Y woman, so a woman into Yaoi, a Yaoi girl even is, is often how that's translated. Um, and, and they were producing their is it own... Like a, a contemporary of like a Fujoshi? I don't like to make an equivalent between the okay. two. Personally, I think that to do that is, is problematic, partly because the Sawai category is a further refinement of a previous um, category known as the Sao Tin or the Sao Gao Li, um, who were fans of K-pop. Okay. So one of the things that's important to note about this popular culture form in Thailand is that it's not uniquely influenced by Japan. It has a number of different influences, including some that are domestic, some are, are local influences, but one other important influence is, is K-pop fandom. So, so the Sao Wai does not fully equal the Fujoshi. Okay. It's a little bit more complicated than that. But these Sao Wai were active in the mid-2000s, and eventually the Thai media companies realised just how popular this sort of content was and there was there's two watershed moments that led to that the first was mm -hmm. the release in 2008 2009 it's 
2008, um, or maybe 2007. I can't remember the exact date, um, which is Let's bad. Let's check I, your article. I was going to say, I do know it, but it's just, I've left, it's left my brain. Of um, a film called Love of Siam, Rak uh, Heng Siam. Um, which was the very first mainstream film that was economically successful based on the love between two beautiful young high school mm-hmm. Um And it was economically successful because of its popularity with women, um, young female middle-class consumers in particular. So that's the first watershed moment. It, it, de- it demonstrated that there was a market, but it wasn't until 2014 when um, the public broadcaster, MCOT, um, picked up a series Y, a, a Y novel, one of these Niawanai Wairun, um, one of these young people's literature focused on the love between boys and turned it into a lakon, a drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and this series, which for fans of Thai BL is, of course, very well known, was called Lovesick the Series. Lovesick the Series. It's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. It is on Netflix. So, and, and then this is basically the, I would argue, the beginning of the Thai BL drama phenomenon. There are a few other kind of examples that came before. There was a, a drama in 2004 called uh, Varieties of Love. There was also an important precedent set the year before Lovesick um, by a series mm-hmm. called um, uh, Hormones, Why Wouldn't Why? Uh, but the thing that's important to note about Hormones is that it wasn't centred on a romantic relationship between two boys. There was just one couple Couple. there. And more importantly, the director of um, Hormones notes that his inspiration came from skins in in the UK, Mm. not from Japanese boys' love, not from uh, the Salwai culture, even though they were tapping into the Salwai culture. But it was really lovesick that emerged specifically out of the the so-called yaoi girl phenomena of Thailand because it's based on a, a novel by a uh, pseudonym. Her, her pseudonym is Indri Times, but she's also known as Pihead. Um, mm-hmm. He wrote a, uh, an online novel called Lovesick, and that's basically where everything began. This is where Thai Biel can, I would say, argue quite confidently, officially began. I mean, it's 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 quite amazing. I think, I think that was a time when there were a lot of, not just in Thailand with the series Y, but even across the globe, where you have fan works, whether original or fan created, but n- rather amateur fiction, so to speak, um, or unprofessional fiction, if you feel more that some feel more appropriate with that, but rather. Um, a lot of these self-produced works have, you know, translate to new media. Like here in the Philippines, we have Wattpad novels being transformed into television. We had movies, television dramas, um, globally, you know, the whole um, Fifty Shades of whatever and so on, right? And mm-hmm. I think it may have ridden on that, you know, kind of wave, so to speak, meaning people were now like thinking, how can we tap, you know, this 
informal culture online, you know, the creativity that's happening there. And of course, series-wise also kind of loaded there. But my question, you've mentioned Love of Siam. Is Love of Siam, I mean, yes, it had female, it had a market to female audience, but mm-hmm. wasn't Love of Siam uh, something that's like a, an example of Thai queer cinema? I think that that's a very difficult question to answer. Oh, okay. Um, and, and is possibly and beyond it, the scope of what we're talking about today. I know, but, but the only reason why I wanted to ask about that, and mm-hmm. it's because I'm curious about what are the characteristics that make Thai BL distinct, for example, mm-hmm. from something like Love of Siam, something like um, The Boy's Love or Your... Um, Yowie, <laughs> um, and so on. What I would probably point out in response to that question is that I don't think that Love of Siam can be separated from this particular uh-huh. film. There's a reason that I would ref- I refer to it in a number of the things that I've both written and had published as well as that I'm working on, the book that I'm working on, um, argues that Love of Siam is a precursor so mm-hmm. it, it doesn't form part of fully. It can't be called Thai Boys Love or it's certainly not a series Y. But that, then again, it's retroactively understood nowadays by this fan community in Thailand as a Nang Y, so a mm. Yaoi film. But at the time of release, no, it wasn't. And the director, Chukiat Sakvirakun, is really quite adamant that the film is not quote-unquote, a gay movie. He, he's on the board of saying that, yes, we included a romantic relationship between two young boys as just one of many expressions of love within the film and that the aim of the film was to explore loves in Siam because, of course, the Thai language doesn't make a distinction between the plural and the singular. So the literal Thai t- title of the film, Rakheng Siam, can mean both love of Siam or loves of Siam or loves mm-hmm. from Siam. And that term Siam is not referring to the country of Thailand, although it is ambiguous. Um, mm-hmm. literally referring to Siam Square, this district in Bangkok, because that's mm-hmm. where the majority of the action takes place. So I, I think there are precedents. Sagvirakun has mentioned that, yes, he was aware of the, the fandom for Thai, like for Japanese yaoi when he was putting together this this um, film, but Sakvirakun is strongly influenced by Western queer cinema. So he also kind of was wary about drawing upon the the logics of Japanese boys' love texts or Japanese yaoi. And I, I tend to use when I when I talk about the distinctions between Japan and Thailand for strategic reasons, I tend to use Japanese yaoi and Thai BL, even though in, mm. in Japan now, the preferred term is BL, purely because Mm -hmm. it's easier to separate the two that way. Um, Mm -hmm. But what's important about Lovesick and then subsequent series and the the Sao Wai culture itself is that it's built upon an important adaption of the the kind of tropes of Yaoi, Japanese Yaoi. Mm. 
to the Thai media scape. So as you're well aware, um, Thai, Thai, Japanese yaoi or Japanese boys love has a so-called noble path uh, in Japanese mm. order, yeah, which, which dictates some of the generic and narrative features of a standard um, yaoi manga or yaoi text, mm. um, such as the, the seme-uke rule in which the couple is uh, presented as, um, you know, an attacker and a receiver, um, the literal mm-hmm. translations, um, and that the narrative is traditionally propelled by a, and centres an innocent uke being pushed into a relationship by a seme, and that there is a focus on the almost uncontrollable controllable nature of the seme's desire for the uke and that that, that yep. can be played around with in lots of interesting ways so mm. most and just like yeah. in, in some of the B, uh, thai bl that you've asked me or you have kind of like encouraged me to watch mm. over the years mm. um what's interesting is that because it's so long form I mean, mm. there are like 15 episodes and so on. There are a lot of iterations of this noble path or this noble yeah. formula. So, so what's, what is important to note is two things. We can see the Japanese noble formula and its influence in Thai BL, but mm-hmm. it isn't a process of mimicry. It's a process no, it's of adaption and even some Thai BL series, including the most recent ones, though I wouldn't include together in this bunch, are actually very much interested in critiquing and expanding and fiddling with the Japanese boys love noble path, the, the kind of generic conventions of Japanese yaoi. Um, and even Lovesick, when it was first being produced, um, because the Thai mediascape had never had a drama like this before, and the, the Thai mediascape, um, and particularly the, the Lacon or soap opera formula that they were using, is so rigidly focused on heterosexual romance that yeah. we actually had to change and, and um, adapt and almost hide elements of the Japanese uh, kind of yaoi norms, because if they didn't, if they had just presented it as is, the the fear on behalf of the production team was that the the audiences wouldn't understand what they're seeing, so they yeah. had to, they had to adapt it. And and ta- Lovesick was a product of that adaptation. Well, that's actually fair because um, if you consider. Um, Japan's BL culture. Mm. It's it's so complex and intricate that, you know, I mean, this is well what I do where, you know, you have to develop literacies before you can kind of like catch up on the ideas, how these coupling works and how, you know, mm. and how to, you know, creatively manipulate a story to, you know, draw, you, you know, your reader's attention. And I can imagine that um, the writers were well versed in that, and well, when they were posting it online, yeah, they were probably experimenting with it, something that they can understand. So, so it's important to always remember that there are 
for every Thai BL series that is being broadcast, there is usually, I'd say nine times out of ten, a um, novel source text that has emerged out of the the kind of Salwai subculture. And these Salwai authors have internalized the Japanese um, Odo, the Japanese noble path, and adapted it already. So yeah. But, but the process of turning that into a lacon requires further adaptation. And this is a point that I, I kind of will strongly emphasize that the process of adapting it into a live action drama has required um, the, the series to be tweaked even further to meet Thai censorship as well as the, the understandings of a mainstream viewing audience. So there has been some previous work written by um, some scholars based in Thailand who centre the fan viewer as their point of reference in trying to make sense of all of this. But my interest is actually thinking about how a mainstream Thai consumers, particularly consumers who have no prior interaction with mm. Japanese yaoi, being educated mm. into Thai boys' love, just as consumers in the Philippines who have no engagement with Japanese yaoi are learning from Thai boys' love, these generic forms. And what I would strongly emphasise is that Thai boys' love has its own generic logics, even though some of them may match what came from Japan, that doesn't mean that they are Japanese. They're they're distinctively and tied to the Thai media scape in the, in the way they operate. Um, true. And, well, one of the interesting things that I... Um, well, I was watching, for example... Um, I've only watched two dramas, <laughs> thanks, to, thanks to you. Um, that is Sotos and the other one is Together. Yeah. But what I find fascinating as mm. I'm watching Together in particular, mm. is that, and to a certain extent, even when you showed me clips of Lovesick, mm. is that, um, and, and this is something I don't see in Japanese BL. I mean, you see it mm. at like these point of tension moments where, you know, um, the no homo moments, so to speak, mm-hmm. of, um, of um, Japanese BL, you know, I'm not gay, and then, you know, the, this this internal homophobia that happens, you know, in, in BL text. But here, in Thai BL, it's not so much about internal... Well, there are some scenes that, that does that, but it's more of this interesting dialogue with, with this heteronormative space and then this budding boys' love romance. Mm. And, it's, it, and, oh, and it's an interesting back and forth. And, well, with Together, it's... You know, it's quite, it's one of those, a part of me wants to say, oh, it's, it's in the beginning, I wanted to say, oh, it's one of those nonke um, BL narratives where, you know, you have this guy chasing after um, the straight guy. And then towards the series, it's like, no, it's not, it's not that nonke at all. You know, it's not that kind of trope, but rather mm. it's an interesting, well, I don't know if it's because of how it was done in the novel that you have these, or maybe it's because of how so um, it, the series is created. Is, but I would, I would yeah, point out is, that 
in in the novel upon which Together is based, um, it's much less ambiguous about particularly Sarawat's sexual orientation um, Mm. in the sense that he's very clearly depicted as bisexual um, Mm -hmm. and that that's a a, a topic. Um, Whereas Tyne, it's always left open what what he is and as as there was an interview that the stars bright wind gave to a media um source in thailand i can't remember which it was they've done so many over the past month and a half that i've lost track but bright the the person who who plays sarawat says that in his mind um sarawat is gay he's he's exclusively attracted to men and he's not interested mm-hmm. in women whereas um Tyne, is open to the possibility of both. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything, but by episode 10, which you're not up to yet. Um, <laughs> but have an idea, it'll get very there. Clear. It's very clear. Um, so one thing, I, you mentioned SOTUS, and, and SOTUS is important to mention because SOTUS was extremely faithful to the Japanese order. Yeah. Um, to the point that actually, and maybe you've forgotten this, the the narrative was in fact, we're not gay, we're attracted to each other, and it's just a specific yeah. spiritual relationship. I'm, I'm, and then you have like yeah. the other tropes, such as you yeah. know, um, no, Cup Pop is put a, Chris. What's what's Chris' character? Artit. 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 He's he's a classic yeah 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 Sundere classic Sundere. Um, and, and Kong Pop is a classic semi. Um, yeah. So they, they, and, and Artit is a classic uke. The, both, mm. so in developmental terms, I think about it in this way. We have lovesick, which is a period within which the Thai mediascape was not prepared for the, the full-on semi uke rule and the full-on logics of Japanese yaoi, so they had to adapt things. They adapted things through what I argue was a wavering focus on queerness in which yes. the... Uh, you can read that on his article. Yeah, yeah and the status, the status of these two male leads is ambiguous. They're sometimes depicted as very clearly straight, but other times they're not. But the point of lovesick was to introduce people, the Thai viewing public, to the potentials of the joy and pleasure of watching male-male intimacy and understanding it as romantic or erotic, which up until that point in the Thai media industries was not the case. Um, Male-male intimacy was always presented as a threat. Even within Love of Siam, it was presented as a threat. Um, So Lovesick wavers it adapts certain parts but what it does is teach viewers how to appreciate male romance and then you go to sotus through to love by chance which was so basically 2016 through to 2018 where Mm -hmm. the vast majority of series broadcast during that time were adapted from thai original novels and were extremely strict in following the noble path of the Japanese yaoi. Like, um, when I... Is it more of, like, strictly following the novels as well? 
Yes, and that's the other thing that I was just mm-hmm. about to say. And 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 they're not adapting the novels as much as so. Mm-hmm. So when when Lovesick was turned into a drama, that process of an adaptation wasn't just about adapting Japanese yaoi. It was also about taking the the fan fiction, or sorry, the the online novel itself, and turning it into a drama. So mm-hmm. whereas whereas Sotus is extremely faithful, Love by Chance is extremely faithful. Um, Two Moons was somewhat faithful. Um, and the Kiss Kiss Me series was somewhat faithful. But what's most important is that whereas in um, Lovesick, it's somewhat vague as to whether um, the which one is the Seme and which is the Uke. If you've read the novels, it's really clear, but from the, the drama itself, you can't tell. Whereas mm. in subsequent series like Sotus and in Love by Chance, Oh, it's so clear. You know who is top, who is bottom, based on their characterization and the way they behave in the story. Uh, I remember that pink drink, that um, yes, the yeah, pink yeah. soda, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Not then the yeah, that um, that um, Atik drank, and yeah. it's like, oh yeah, that's that's yeah. like the key. And, 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 and then I saw it in together, and um, time was also yeah. drinking yeah, that at one time, point. And that's because time's, time's the bottom. Um, sorry to all the people who think that he's not. Oh, sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> there's, like a fan, there's a fan theory that he's not. No, he's 100% the bottom. That's the point. Yeah. Um, and that's because we can tell there's already this kind of database of information from Thai media where we see that, oh, yes, of course, the person who drinks the pink milk is the bottom. And that's because of Sotus. Sotus gave us that trope. And then it was reinforced by two moons. But what happens, and this is important to mention, because in some regards, 2020, together the series is somewhat regressive in the context of Thai BL history because it's a return to pure order. Because what we saw in 2019, so between Love by Chance in 2018 and Together by 2020, was that there was a number of series released that actually critiqued and fiddled with and problematized the emerging narrative formula of Thai BL. Um, And some of that is also a critique of the Japanese narrative formulas. But the thing is that in Japan, we haven't seen these critiques yet. Whereas in Thai... There are few, but not... Not to the extent that that a series such as... An Not the scale. And, and the, the one th- series that I'm thinking of in particular in Thailand was called The Effect, um, which was all about rape. And mm. the, the tendency within both Japanese yaoi and Thai BL and Thai media in general to romanticise rape. And mm. Love by Chance was critiqued very heavily, particularly by international fans, but also by some Thai fans for its kind of aestheticization of sexual assault and sexual harassment, as was Tarn Type, another series that was written by the same author as um, Love by Chance. Tarn Type, that's the... All right, okay. That's the one with Tain Mew? No. Tarn Type is uh, Golf Mew. Uh, Mew Golf. Oh, okay. Um, No, but what's important is that this series, The Effect showed rape but didn't aestheticize it. In fact, it's uncomfortable viewing. It, it's, it's literally mm. rape as rape, not rape as rape me till I love you. And, and 
Mm-hmm. This, this means that Tybial reached a point where it could critique things. The other thing that we see is Dark Blue Kiss, which mm-hmm. is starring Tenu. And that's where um, we see two characters that are explicitly narratively positioned as having been in a long-term relationship and identifying as same-sex attracted men. Um, they never use the word gay, um, but it's very clear. They talk about, you know, due to our sexual orientation and, and saying things like that. Um, and and so we have two characters that are positioned as same-sex attracted men dealing with their relationship in a world in which it is difficult to be a gay man. And, you know, one of the problems with Japanese yaoi is that it still seems to operate very much in a fantasy space, even if there has been a trend recently for at least one character to identify as gay outwardly in the Japanese yaoi. They're still operating in a space predominantly where they don't have to deal with um, societal expectations. And the instances where that does happen in a series such as, you know, What Did You Eat Yesterday? Kino Nani Tabeta. That's actually ambiguously boys' love. We don't yeah. you know what I mean. So, so um, there is one, but you won't like it, where they mm. do openly talk about these things, and it's in mm. Omegaverse. <laughs> but so in a fantasy space of Omegaverse, that's that's the point. Yeah, Whereas I know. When it comes I know. To Blue Kiss, that's real life, and that's the point yeah. of the narrative. <laughs> Entering into this sense of reality of series like Dark Blue Kiss, there's this fantasy space occupied by th- stories mm. such as Sotos, um, mm. but with um, with stories like Dark Blue Kiss, and even for some, you know, you, it would give this semblance of authenticity in terms of yeah. Thai gay culture and yeah. so on. You know? so how does this how does Thai boys love navigate? Gay, Thai gay culture, how does it represent? Does it, you know, I mean, we know Japanese BL has its problems, but in Thailand, <laughs> I mean, everywhere, representations of queerness has its problems, but. And, and um, has but with, problem too. Um, okay. So, so even, even within the, the strong argument that I would make that Dark Blue Kiss is trying to discuss real world issues. Um, mm. You know, it's it's still within Thai boys' love does not. I mean, it's still the story of two wealthy young men, and it has a happy ending. Like, yeah. like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily deal with some of the nitty gritty of of Thai BL, and more importantly, the two male characters are so heteronormative that it's very difficult to consider them as queer. Um, beyond the fact that they're dating each other. And for some people that's empowering, but for others it's not. It becomes complicated. Um, But what's important to note, I think, is that there's this tendency outside Thailand for consumers to see Thai boys love series. And I really want to kind of lean on Together here because Together's become so popular in the Philippines. Um, And then they think, wow, 
Thailand can do things that we here in the Philippines can't because Thailand is such a gay paradise. Thailand is not a gay paradise. Thailand is a society which is extremely conservative, is not particularly open to um, sexual expression that deviates from heterosexual norms, um, and most representations of queerness rely on problematic stereotypes, even to this day. So this idea that, you know... Like um, greens in together, you have like... Well, he's not Katui per he's, se, but... He's what's called but a Katui. Um, and he is, which which is a stereotype, the the effeminate gay man. So Tut, he's he's more Tut, Tut is more equivalent to Bakla than anything I would say. Yeah. Uh, in 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 Tagalog, um, but the the point that I want to mention, it, and and you know, Green's not a problematic character as far as I'm concerned. He's not a stereotype mm-hmm. because those people actually exist. Um, mm-hmm. in, in Thailand, they're quite common. And anyway. Um, and what, what I think is important to note, though, is that fans are quite rightly beginning to utilise these dramas all over the world to create these fantasies of Thailand as a space of escape because they're dealing with heteronormativity within their own societies or homophobia and discrimination. Um, and, and I've been researching the Filipino fandom for Thai boys love series now since 2015. And one of the things that's really quite important about these um, fan communities is the injection into Thai BL of all this fantasy work. And I don't want to discredit that because I think it's really important. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's important to recognise that what you're seeing in these series is not what Thai society actually is like. But I, you, you raised the word authenticity, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure that it's a useful phrase to be thinking through because there is no authentic gay experience, right? Um, yeah. Everyone has a different experience of what it means to be a person regardless of sexuality and and there has been a number of kind of commentaries released in the Philippines that I've seen and engaged with where there have been critiques from um, kind of establishment queer theorists in the Philippines or people who have been writing western influenced queer literature although I'm sure that they wouldn't appreciate me calling it that um, which they are critiquing Thai boys love because of its emergence from popular culture and its emergence from a economic system tied to heterosexual women. But I think that those sorts of arguments around authenticity are somewhat problematic because it negates the important um, effective work, the important emotional work these series are yeah. doing for people in Thailand. So, yes, I could critique Thai... BL fans in the Philippines for looking at, you know, Sarawat and thinking, oh, wow, that's the perfect boyfriend. Thailand is filled with gay guys. I want to go there. He is cute. Thailand allows us to create, can create these dramas because they're more open to gay people. That's not what's going on. What's happening is that an economic system that some people critique has actually allowed for a space of expression. Um, And 
one of the things that really strikes me about the Thai situation, and this is where I want to channel a colleague, a senior colleague of mine, um, Professor Peter Jackson at the Australian National University, where he argues that this tendency to dump on kind of popular culture for being exploitative and capitalist and whatever um, kind of forgets the fact that within Southeast Asia in particular, systems of oppression and corruption and, and so forth are so intense that we should be celebrating any kind of visibility politics. Yes. And that's my, so, so this is my, my only comment that I am comfortable making around this question of authenticity is mm. that who cares whether it's authentic? The fact that it exists. The, it fact, exists. That it, the fact that it provides people meaningful interaction and meaningful, well, meaning even, is more important than anything. And it's not just what, I mean, this is the same also for Japanese BL, where, you know, mm. yes, it's a, it started in a women's space, you know, but of course, over time, you know, people are also being affected by it. Yeah. Men, gay consumers, you know, even, and yeah, people. No, from all um, backgrounds, all sorts of walks of life, because and it's becoming this yeah. interesting landscape where, regardless, and you know, people of even different nationalities would share the same affective responses. And you know, mm. at the end of the day, it makes money. I mean, what's so funny, or one thing I find quite amusing when watching mm. these TBL. It's a number of product placements all over. Like, imagine them. That's a that's a Thai media thing. Um, yeah. Which, which as you, the more Thai media you watch, it's like, you know, to shout out to all Thai BL fans, they, they'll, they all know if I were to go, I can't help me. Like, they know what I'm doing. Uh, because there's this kind of fandom logic. And, and Thai, Thai Boys Love has all of that product placement because the only way that companies can afford to make dramas in Thailand, regardless of whether it's, you know, BL or what, is that you need mm. to have money from an investor. Um, and half the time that's usually China. But when you don't have China, then you have to look elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Soda pops being open, and then you can see uh, the labels. Oishi, oishi, drinks. Yeah, oishi. Like oishi, <laughs> honey lemon. That's that's the that's the the you know you talk about people talking about pink drink being the 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 drink for for Thai BL fans. No, it's not, guys. You need to be drinking oishi honey lemon and oishi <laughs> honey lemon songkon double. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if, and if you're a Thai, if you're a fan of uh, Together, of course, your drink of choice is Escola. Yeah, of course. <laughs> true, true. And you've mentioned um, that uh, you've looked at this you know, out of interest, one with the genre itself or with this media itself, and then. But I find it fascinating that you said that, you know, you started looking into it in 2015 through, um, or at least looking into the Philippines in 2015. And mm. how did that come about? <laughs> By chance. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, I do remember it came, it, yeah. it was such a laugh for me. 
because yeah. he sent me a message with a screenshot asking me what does this mean and i just had like a great laugh so so it, it happened by chance <laughs> one could almost call it love by chance um <laughs> accidental love um, but but what, what happened was that i personally encountered lovesick randomly on youtube at the end of 2014, as it had just finished being broadcast in, in Thailand, it was being uh, fan translated by a, a no longer active fan subber named Kuda Lakon. Um, and for some reason or other, for reasons that I have never been able to truly identify, but the vast majority of English language fandom spaces for this media were being curated by Filipinos. Um, mostly gay Filipino men who were engaging with this popular culture and creating fan communities on social media. So I was interacting with them. And, and even to this day, you know, and if you want to kind of hashtag Pinoy pride with this, go, go ahead, everyone. But, but there are two dominant fan forces outside Thailand for this popular culture form. The first and largest is the Chinese fans um, yeah. whose economic clout drives um, the industry in Thailand. Without the Chinese fans, there is no Thai BL. I know that that at the moment is probably a controversial statement to make since they're not very popular in the international Thai BL fandom space, but that's the, the, the fact of the matter. But then mm. The Filipinos are the second most important and second largest because Filipinos are so loud. Um, and yes. <laughs> so, and, and I say that with no. love. That's not a, a pot shot. Like, but what I would say yeah. is that what Filipino fans have done, which is most much more important than, you know, Chinese fans, is that, yes, Chinese fans provide the material support. But what Filipino fans have done was created awareness of Thai BL outside Thailand. The Especially... Yeah, the existence of an international fandom is due to the work of Filipino fans. There would be no international fandom without Filipino fans due to English. Mm. And that's, you know, you've got this perfect kind of uh, thing where the Filipinos are united with Thailand through their engagement in ASEAN, um, and then the Filipinos are uniquely placed within ASEAN with their English language skills and a society that is extremely social media savvy to allow this stuff to spread because the only other spaces that would have been able to do so because of English language are Singapore, but Singapore is too closely tied to the Sinosphere um, to take the yeah. lead, and then Malaysia with its social kind of uh, values, uh, let's say, um, probably stymieing that. So the Philippines is uniquely placed to, to kind of... It is. Do I mean to have such access to yeah. the Anglophone discourse, so to speak, of Anglophone you know, fans, communities? In, in any global fandom, the Philippines is, is significant. Um, mm. You just look at K-pop fandom to, to kind of or even, you know, fandom for Japanese popular culture. Uh, yeah. the, the Filipino is prominent on the world stage in, in ways that I don't think Filipinos truly appreciate sometimes. And, and that's oh. something that I think is good. 
Yeah, it is. And uh, I mean, well, anime, manga, um, Japanese popular culture fandom is one thing. We've always navigated this space, this Anglophone space. And then sometimes, you know, politically, um, notions of nation really don't matter in, in fandom sometimes. But then, you know, little ticks emerge. Sometimes little ticks emerge. And having come from Asia, there's this tendency for Filipinos to kind of like nitpick and position themselves in uh, more, or at least if they weren't able to position themselves in mm. that Anglophone space, they would feel ostracized by that very Anglophone space. Mm. Um, but one, primarily because of their either the lack of mastery of English or whatever. But what mm. I also find um, particularly fascinating is English is the reality of English in the Philippines is it's a it's a middle class language. Oh, it's yes. middle class to so up elite language. And um, I was just surprised that you know this morning I was looking at. Um, together and yes they've mentioned there that they have english subs but when i checked the cc's one of the options was actually tagalog or fi yeah. filipino yeah. and filipino french and japan hmm. and and these are this fan these are fan created subtitles so the only subtitles gmm are making themselves are english ones and then fans around the globe then translate them into various languages. But what interests me is, yes, the emergence of... I've been writing about the Filipino fan community and I've been engaging with the Filipino fan community now since... Um, so, so virtually since 2015 and, and physically since 2017 um, when I first visited Manila. Um, and, you know, the vast majority of the people I've engaged with up until this point have been middle class and wealthy. But that has changed thanks to Together. Um, Together Did has, it start with Together or are there other it's been, shows? So, so Love by Chance has um, Tagalog subs, but they weren't released until a little bit later. Um, mm. This is the, the first time in which they, they've become important and prominent now. And that's because... Mm. This, this has become so popular in, in the Philippines that it's now penetrated into all levels of society. Um, yeah. And, and that's big. And that, that's I mean, in a, in a time of enhanced quarantine and you have prepaid subscriptions giving free YouTube access, mm. that's big. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's more importantly, it's it's good because it's democratizing a space that, at times, I get frustrated with because of its elitism. Um, and there's a, I mean, yeah. for any fandom, there's a sense of policing. Yeah, uh, fandom, and, and that's I, I must be frank that there has been some unpleasantness in the Thai BL community that I hadn't observed up until this point. Um, because there is a disconnect between the new fans, thanks to t Together, and mm. old school fans who have been around since. You know, a lot of them will say, I've been into this since, uh, you know, SOTUS, and I'm kind of like, really? And I, I mean, I mean, this has just never been around for six years. <laughs> and and this, is, this is me also reflecting on myself as a fan of BTS. I see this in, in that fandom too. Um, and, and this is because fandom 
all fandoms police themselves and, and all is. fandoms try and gain some form of cultural capital. But ultimately, you know, I think everyone gets along because we all enjoy watching cute boys from Thailand kiss each other because who wouldn't? Um, well, conservatives. Um, but there well, has, it's, well it's Brightwing's kiss was not good, by the way, the first few kisses that they saw. But anyway, that's just let's 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 just set aside why that is. There are reasons for that. Um, okay, I, I'm going to address it right now. Um, fans, the reason why GMM kisses are not good is because media censorship dictates that no tongue can be used. Um, so if you want to see tongue, you have to go off things that aren't being broadcast on TV. Um, so, you know, why are you or time type? I mean, they're, they're broadcast on television, but they're broadcast in the late night slot. Um, together has been moved from the late night slot to the mainstream slot. Um, not quite golden hour, but just a little bit afterwards. So that's why. Um, so appreciate what you're given. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, but, but going back I, to fan policing. Yeah, so fan policing is a thing, and fan policing will always be a thing. But look, we we don't. I'm I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm an anthropologist. My job is to describe what I see, not to to kind of attach value judgments to what I see. So fan policing is mm. happening. That's all I'm comfortable saying. I'm not going to make any any further comment. I think. Mm. Yeah. But part of this fan policing is also the emergence of the term Thai BL. Would you like mm. to? Yeah, so, so and this this is something that's interesting because I've previously written very early on when this phenomenon first emerged that there was very strong attempts on behalf of certain fan communities that I were observing to police the term Thai BL itself or BL itself as as part of a narrative of creating, um, you know, this this cohesive understanding of Thailand as a gay paradise and, and BL being, you know, some kind of authentic representation, whereas Japanese yaoi is not and, and, and so forth. But funnily enough, even though I have an article coming out on this in August this year around the, the policing of terms, I mean, as is often the case, things have changed and things have changed this year in particular. BL and Thai BL fandom is becoming much more expansive. Um, and, and some of what I was observing back in 2015 is no longer necessarily fully the case. And there's now critical awareness among fans that what they're seeing is not necessarily um, distinct from Japanese yaoi. In fact, there's a, there's a strong vocal community now that is pushing to, to further um, recognize those connections. And of course, I myself, in, in, in poor anthropological form, have somewhat made that happen because my research is getting out amongst the fans now and they're engaging with it. And, and of course, yeah. everyone who listened to this podcast will now be part of that process too. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't help it because, I mean, one, there's a large language barrier um, that goes between these three worlds and yet somehow um, they've well, come I mean, together. One thing and, that I, I want to emphasize is important is that Thai BL finally, five years later, has finally made its way to Japan in a big way. And that's partly yeah. due to um, the fact that SOTUS was broadcast on Hikari TV 
and um, oh. now, yeah, yeah, and that was some time ago now. But more importantly, Love by Chance was broadcast on, uh, not like 10, but something. And, and it was big enough to be picked up. And now Tybiel's a thing. Like, you know, just as much as people in the Philippines are going crazy over Bright and Win, that's also happening in Japan now amongst the Fujoshi. Um, so I feel quite happy about this because I predicted that it would happen around 2015. And, and you had an article as well that was quite yeah. timely with this wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, you had the again, article publishing Asahi. Yes, and I, I, once again, I'm guilty of having influenced this process. You died. Yeah, what have you corrupted I mean, nations? <laughs> Just kidding. Because I... I I, I wrote an article where I recommended a 10 TIBL series as part of a suite of articles that I collaborated on with a, wow. a journalist at the Asahi Shinbun about the phenomena. Um, and of course, quite rightly, it got picked up. And, you know, one of my, not to mention um, engaging with a, a collective of scholars that you yourself, Kirsten, have been engaging with. Yeah. Um, the, the BL in Asia book, really took off in yeah. a way we never expected it to. Um, we, we had a book, an edited collection in Japanese. I didn't write about Thailand in that. I wrote about China. Um, but um, there was a chapter on Thailand by another colleague of ours who sadly isn't interested in looking at this phenomenon, partly because he'll, he just said that he'll let me do it. Um, but yeah. um, it was one of the chapters that got picked up um uh, as, as mine <laughs> but yeah yeah but also you've probably invested more time in watching a lot of the series i watch them all even if i hate yes that i've watched that i have thought are really bad i'm not going to name them um but okay there, there are some that i look and maybe we should probably think about wrapping up yeah and i i, I, I get mean, yeah yeah, I mean, that's a good way. I mean, it's gone full circle from having come from Japan through this fan translated work and, you know, people still do fan work, but here comes, you know, an entire media industry or that really, you know, kind of leapt off yeah. and has changed in perhaps one of the terms we use is globalized, you know, um, voice love into a different one and it, it's quite fascinating yeah, I, because I, now you have funnily enough media I outlets myself but i don't use it anymore <laughs> yeah you use it in in one of your art in your in your lovesick articles yeah but um I, which i will post on this link later um on this post later on yeah. um but it, it's quite interesting because we're now reaching that point where voice love is transforming Voice love is changing in spaces such as in the Philippines. There's now interest in building um, voice love shows here in the Philippines. And I don't know where that is heading and how that will also be different you know, from the way voice love is made and constructed. One, one thing that really hit me, and I, I like to make the, the rather provocative claim nowadays that um, the, the centre of boys' love production within Asia has shifted from Japan to yeah. other spaces. And it's either going to be, you can make a case for 
China or Taiwan and Danme uh, on the one hand, um, or you can make a case, and I would make a case that Thailand is becoming incredibly more prominent, um, and and the the production of you know the the interest in producing these series in the Philippines as well as a forthcoming series in um, Myanmar or Burma, whatever you want to call it, um, is due to Thai BL series and their success. Yeah. No one like yeah. you know. I mean, it's been around in Japan since the seventies, and it took a, an adaption to this form in Thailand to actually make certain spaces a little bit more interested in it. That isn't to say that there haven't been fan communities and, and attempts before in the Philippines. You know, my husband's lover or whatever. My, yeah, the tele- yeah. I mean, even yeah. even with my husband's lover, um, mm. that was a show um, with a queer couple. Um, as center of this typical um, soap opera story of, you know, a Filipino soap opera, telenovela story of affairs and so on and so forth. Um, even then, you know, um, Yoi emerged and, um, and th- there were discussions like, you know, yeah, there's a culture surrounding it in um, Japan, etc. But what's fascinating about the discourse on My Husband's Lover is that it, it shifted. As soon as, during the first few weeks, Yoi was mentioned, there was like a small spiel on it on like mm. television, especially in GMA. You know, they were trying to promote it, etc. But eventually it became like an interesting conversation with our LGBTQ community and how important that work was in kind of putting a face on TV. Um, mm. on the LGBTQ community. And so that fantasy, I mean, even if telenovelas are still a space of fantasy, um, mm. there's that, the, the interpretation of it, or at least the discussions surrounding it. Visibility, politics. Visibility politics cannot be discounted within spaces like the Philippines or Thailand. Yeah. I know that, so for example, in, in, in the United States, there's, there's a kind of backlash against the concept of visibility politics um, yeah. within critical queer theoretical work. But I, I, I you know, I, I don't want, and I don't want to say that's because America is somehow more developed or something. I don't believe that's the case at all. Um, I think it's just that there are different priorities. Um, and visibility mm-hmm. is important within a space like the Philippines where there is so such a lack of visibility. And that's, it's returning once again to that point that I was making about together that who cares if it's not authentic? because it's doing important, good work. Um, And, you know, yes, there is this push now to create, um, you know, Filipino BL and, like, as a a drama series. I mean, of course, there's the stuff that Black Ink Press is is publishing. Um, But, you know, I I fully support that. Will I watch it? Uh, Probably not. Um, But that's okay. You will watch like the first few episodes and then we'll no, see I, I maybe think... if the the leads are cute you'll watch it mm, <laughs> no comment <laughs> um, um, yeah. with that in mind let's end with your maybe top five that you think if you're curious about Thai BL um, one that is you know um if you're curious about IBL, five shows that you think people should watch just to give it a try. 
Okay. So I, I have a list of 10 that I recommended in, as part of a Japanese article and then have translated into English on my website. So we might link to that. Um, but first of all, I'm going to make the assumption that everyone has watched Together, so I'm not going to watch the recommend Together, the series. Um, but what I will recommend um, is SOTUS. I think mm -hmm. SOTUS is one that I think everyone should watch because... They took out SOTUS 2 on Netflix here in the Philippines. It's all on YouTube. It doesn't matter if it's not on Netflix. It's all on YouTube. Um, okay. So SOTUS, Love by Chance, um, which is also on YouTube. Okay. I would also probably recommend um, from 2019... Um, I would recommend that people watch Theory of Love because it's based on a novel by the same author as um, Together. That author's name is Jitty Rain. And I would also probably recommend from 2019, um, ooh, probably Tan Type if you're looking for something a little bit raunchier. Um, that's four. Of course, we are always looking for something raunchy. That's four. And then um, I would I would end my recommendation on because I am a sucker for this ship. Um, I would recommend Dark Blue Kiss. Um, but in order to understand Dark Blue Kiss, you need to have uh, engaged with at least the storyline for the the male male couple from a previous series called Kiss Me Again. And you can find summaries that are just focused on them on YouTube. So all of these series that I've recommended except for Tan Type are available on YouTube. Tan Type the series can be watched through special international links via Line TV. Um, and you can find those links on, on Twitter. On Twitter, but they're also being consolidated on the website of a uh, former fan subber who is now just a bit of a, a fan who likes to spread information. Her, her name is Lazy Subba. You will easily be able to find her social media and she's consolidated all the links. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. thank you, Tom, for your time. And again, our wonderful knowledge and information on SciBL. Um, I'm going to continue watching together because I'm now invested in Sarawat. Um, I actually, oh, I, actually I, I'm just gonna step in there. I like Pine. I like the two of them together. I, like I think them. I wouldn't like. But but if you if you are truly an intellectual such as myself, um, <laughs> you, you, you should be into um, Type, which is um, I won't spoil. But he's played by Top Tap Jitterkit. He's the uh, guy that Man. Uh, is into who they met at the, the meditation retreat because oh. has been in Thai BL since 2014 and he's been there from the beginning so he is a veteran so support him <laughs> my final point Thank you so much, Tom, for being generous with your time and knowledge to talk about the wonderful world of Thai BL. 
If any of you are interested in the articles we've mentioned in this podcast, I've posted links on our show notes. If any of you are interested in Tom's works, follow him at twit- on Twitter at tbodinet and visit his website, thomasbodinet.wordpress.com. If you want to see updates on the show or my website, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Kirsten. Thank you very much for listening and see you next time. Hey, Salah Leo.